Hi, I'm Allie Raisman. I've been living with migraine for a while. As an athlete and gymnast, I was taught to just power through the pain. Now I use Ubrelvi or Ubrojapan to treat my migraine attacks. As soon as I feel a migraine attack, I take Ubrelvi, which provides me with quick relief. Once I get relief, I go on with my day. I'm partnering with Ubrelvi to share my migraine story. Ubrelvi quickly stops migraine in its tracks within two hours without worrying where you are. Most people had quick pain relief within two hours. Ubrelvi treats migraine attacks in adults and is not for prevention. It's available by prescription only. Do not take Ubrelvi with strong CYP3A4 inhibitors. Tell your healthcare provider about all the medicines you take. Most common side effects are nausea and tiredness. My hope is that by sharing my migraine story and the relief I get from Ubrelvi, it can help someone else. Ask your doctor about Ubrelvi, the anytime, anywhere migraine medicine. Learn more at ubrelvy.com or call 844-4-U-B-R-E-L-V-Y. Sponsored by AbbVie. Hi, I'm Vanessa. And I'm Abby. And you're listening to Real Moms of Bravo, where we recap your favorite Bravo, Bravo shows in 30-ish minutes um, every week. So we are back, and today is such a special day. It's Abby's birthday, everyone. Yay! Happy birthday! Thank you. And I'd like to thank you for celebrating for me last night. I saw oh, your stories. Oh, my God. And I saw I... your post about being hungover parenting. Um, oh, Lord, Abby. I think I'm 21 every time I go out, and I'm not. So your husband <laughs> texted me a happy birthday, and I said, how's our girl feeling this morning? And... Um, he gave me a rundown of just how everything happened. And I think it was a, it was a rough morning for you. I would say it was a rough, rough morning. I will tell you guys, like when I go out, I'm one of those people who thinks who likes to take shots. And last night I decided it was okay. Normal to take like five shots and sure. Like I can handle that. No, you can't handle that when you're a parent. No, <laughs> not even you've a parent always in your thirties. Like you, I, mean, I know I've always loved it, yeah. but like, Oh my God, what was I thinking? But I had a ball. I had a great time, but it was the worst. Luckily, Kyle was great. Let me kind of lay and be lazy in the morning with Mia. I had a bridal brunch to go to, so I got away and I barely survived that. Then nap time came, which is my saving grace, napped. And then I ate half a pizza. And here you are. (laughs) And here I am. So I'm back. Back at it. Yeah. I didn't have ready for round I wasn't two. quite as exciting, but uh, it was a very fun day. It's, I think it's funny, like when you graduate college, your birthdays kind of take on a different meaning because you might be working and might be during the week. And it's just a little different than when you, you know, everybody went out and you did a big thing. And yes. then I feel like when you become a parent, it's really weird when it's your birthday because it's kind of like your kids don't really know or care. Yeah. And, um, but it's really sweet, and it's a, it was a fun day. They, um, Warren did say happy birthday to me numerous times, so I think Aww. he had an idea. Uh, if you ask him how old I am, he says two, so that's nice. Uh, that's really nice. Yeah. Aging backwards. I know. I'm Benjamin Button. What can I say? That is so sweet. You are always so low-key with your birthdays, and I'm the complete opposite. Um, a little – I'm like the birthday – I used to be, I should say, used to be the birthday month person. You've always, I think it's funny. Like, I think you're either a birthday person or you're not. I've really never been a big birthday person, but the reason why I loved having you as a friend is so both Vanessa and I are born like a couple weeks apart and we're both September babies. And so Vanessa and I would do joint things together. We'd either like do dinner and go out or we did a party bus one time. And it was so fun. If I'm sharing my birthday celebration with someone, I don't mind. I just hate when it's all me, but you love birthdays. 
Oh, I love birthday. I love all birthdays. Everyone's birthday, but yes, mine especially, if I'm being honest. But I became humbled by my 30th birthday. Um, very, very humbled. So now I'm a lo- when I say low key, I don't try to. I want to do something, but I try not to be obnoxious about it. So my 30th. I was birthday, gonna say, are you gonna tell the story? Yeah, yeah. So on my 30th birthday, Kyle was planning a surprise party for me. Like, who doesn't love a surprise party? And he had planned Since it I'm- for a while. Like, I remember getting an Evite in probably like early August. So he he was behind the scenes planning it with some of my closest friends and. Being type A and a planner, he, like, really downplayed that anything was going on. He's like, yeah, we're just going to dinner. And I was like, who's coming? And he's like, so-and-so and so-and-so. And And he's like, not a lot of people can make it. And I got so fucking mad. I was like, well, um, I guess, you know, maybe you didn't give him enough notice. How much notice did you? I went on the attack and I was a complete asshole. And then I showed up to the dinner and I had, like, 20 friends, friends who came in from out of town. He had, like, stuff planned the next day. So ever since then, I've been humbled. <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, all of us, was, it was so funny because so Vanessa's texting us in, like, just rage. So mad because birthdays have always been important to her. So it's not like, he, Kyle knows this. It's not like it's a big secret or anything like that. And, you know, Vanessa's upset. Like, he's not even really planning anything. I think he just threw this dinner together, like, two days before. Nobody can make it. Meanwhile, all of us know that this big surprise party is going on and none of us want to ruin it for, but we also want to be like, be nice to Kyle. He's done. Be nice. No, I was the ultimate dick. I was a huge (laughs) brat, spoiled asshole. Like I was a spoiled little brat and I've been, like I said, very humbled since then. So thank you, Kyle, for that party. (laughs) One I will never forget for multiple reasons, that being one of them. I had, it was a little life lesson. So you were being a little bit of, I would say, a, a troublemaker, um, which is what an accusation, or not an accusation, but what Tamara was calling Bronwyn. Uh, do you think in the OC that Bronwyn was a troublemaker? I don't think she's a troublemaker. I saw it that she was securing her spot on the show. I agree. I think, so there's a couple things that have gone on. So we kind of get into it. Um, a little bit more into the episode when they, so they go on this, you know, they've been in LA. So we pick up, they're still in LA. They've done their big shopping thing. They had lunch. Um, the whole train came up. It got a little weird. So it kind of picks up from there. And um, one of the things that Bronwyn's asked about is, did she reach out to Lizzie and Gretchen? And she says, no, they reached out to me. We have a mutual friend. They were on the show. I just wanted to, you know, I wanted to know what they thought about being a housewife when Emily had text messages proving that Bronwyn texted both of those women first. I can see why she lied. I mean, it wasn't a good thing to do. I think when you're asked point blank, did you reach out to them first? But given what she has seen and probably what Lizzie and Gretchen warned her about, I can see why she lied. I can see why she lied. I also, it was, she got so caught in that lie and I felt like she started crying because of the cameras. She should have just owned it. I mean, I felt like her line reminded me of Ramona or she could take a page out of Ramona's yeah. playbook and learn how to not be impacted by your lies because Ramona, like, truly acts like she has amnesia when it's not truly the case. But and she, she said, just I don't said remember. It. I don't remember. That made me laugh. You remember if you texted someone. Yes, you remember. And she totally knew. And I just don't think Bronwyn is clearly she's not a liar housewife. I think it's <laughs> we a, little... have a couple of those. Right. But she's not. I think it was shitty, though, that Emily pre all this told Tamara 
that Brahman reached out to those women first because Tamara's big thing was that uh, Lizzie and Gretchen were part of the women behind this whole let's prove Eddie's gay and they were bringing stuff up on camera and so that really pissed Tamara off and she felt like if you're friends with them you can't be friends with her which I don't think is a very fair thing to say to somebody brand new to the group I agree that is not a fair thing to say Emily is a little popster, shit disturber. Coming back into OC, this is my first time really watching Emily, and she's very, like, a quiet shit disturber. It's There's a lot going on. I mean, I later in the episode, too, we see Gina be like, you haven't really been there for me, and I'm really the one who's going through something, and she's maybe you're going through more, too. But even Gina tried to lightly on basically saying that Emily's marriage is falling apart, which we're all seeing, and uh, I think based on the overwhelming responses we got when I dove into whether I was going to say we need to talk about your research or groundbreaking Shane basically just to get a little off topic uh so basically long story short with the LA trip you know there was kind of this fight but then Tamara saw her crying and felt bad and was essentially like I'm gonna be hesitant in getting to know you because you lied but I want to like you and left it at that but then we find out that Shane is literally the world's biggest dick with the smallest dick I would say uh he (laughs) so he kind of made Emily leave early so she left 15 20 minutes before everybody else left on the bus and I think part of it was she just wanted to get home right away he had been at a hotel for a week and a half she said the last 10 days he had been in a hotel studying for the bar I would think no matter how tired my husband is from studying and worn out mentally he is I would hope at the very least if he hasn't seen me for 10 days and I've been taking care of our kids he could muster up the the strength and energy to give me a freaking hug and he just wanted nothing to do with her he kept saying i'm hungry we can talk about it when i'm eating and he ate cereal he was eating (laughs) fucking cereal i'm dying because it's so absurd and in his interviews he he admitted that he didn't miss her at all like he said it just to say it right he said it just to say it but in reality he didn't really he miss her. said it in such a dick way he goes yes but this is where i'm gonna be sarcastic because i mean i'm not gonna lie so no he is a cheese dick a lot of you laugh when i use that term and he <laughs> is like in the, i'm gonna call it the hall of fame or the hall of cheese dicks oh they like hall of cheese dicks <laughs> he can sit next to chef yeah i love it i I just, I can't figure out what it is. I have a few theories, not all of which I want to put out uh, for everyone to know, but there's something going on there with Shane. I don't know. I don't think he's cheating. A lot of people said clearly he wasn't studying. Maybe he was cheating on her. I think he has some weird internal struggle. I don't know if it's the fact that his wife is more accomplished than he is, that everyone else in his family has passed the bar. But I spent an entire day, I should have been working, researching if he had passed a bar or not, because there was a few posts that went around and everybody in the Bravo world was sharing that showed that when you search his name, as a lawyer, it didn't come up. But then a lot of people were telling me, well, it wouldn't. There's a long process of becoming a lawyer. So in California, first you take the bar, and then you have a background review. You have all these interviews to see if you're an ethical, good person. And it can, it can take up six months to a year, depending on how you schedule everything. So knowing he took the bar in February, I, they, a few people told me it would be public knowledge if he passed. So there are no Shane W. Simpsons, and that is his name. If you look it up, you can find his mobile <laughs> number. It had his cell phone number on there and their address. I looked up the house, and it's, def- oh my God. it's definitely <laughs> their house. By, I can tell by the picture. So the, he's definitely Shane W. Simpson. A Stephen Simpson um, of... 
um, what part? It was like right outside of Kota de Casa. I looked up the city, passed, but that is not Shane. So Shane did not pass the bar after all of that. Wow. So. It, everybody, I'm just going to give you a round of applause because you. it's your birthday. And <laughs> I that investigation yeah. was intense. The amount of DMs we got, our phones were blowing up constantly. You had lawyers reaching out to you. I had a lot of lawyers reaching out to me. But I was kind of wondering why none of these lawyers just, I'm like, isn't there like a database? You can be like, oh, yeah, this guy's licensed or he's not. But it, apparently it's not that easy. Um, yeah, we learned a lot about being a lawyer. And uh, so that's Shane basically at the end of the day sucks. He's not a great husband. Doesn't seem to be a good dad. He didn't really even seem to be that excited to see his kids. And he apparently can't take doesn't know how to pass a bar so he's awful and who I kind of I don't want to say I think this person's completely awful but what was your take on Deb and Bronwyn's dinner because I thought I was going to really really love Deb and this moment made me not like her very much I kind of saw both sides so I you clearly see Bronwyn turning and I think it was really hard watching her try to say to her mom your choices made my childhood hard. And it's great that her mom wanted to become a doctor and as a single mother did it, but it meant Bronwyn was getting shuffled around a lot. And I understand why she used that phrase. I, Dr. Deb didn't like it because she said that shuffling around makes it sound like you're going from stranger to stranger. But I think Bronwyn just meant she didn't have a stable place that was home. Some nights she was with a grandparent. Some nights she was re- with a really good friend. Some nights she was with her mom at the, you know, at the uh, name of that bar where, you know, her mom was performing and it was hard for her growing up. There was no stability. And I think that was something she craved. And that's something she, because she missed it and wanted it so bad, she's been so focused and has done such a good job of securing that for her own children to a point where she said she hasn't been able to work on herself. And I think any mom can relate to that. Absolutely. I just thought what made me cringe and why I kind of disliked Deb a little bit in that moment, I just wanted her to listen and let her daughter talk. Just like let her acknowledge, let her feel her feelings. We use that a lot right now with Mia. <laughs> let her feel those feelings and just let her talk and just listen and say, you know, I did this because I sacrificed so much. Like I just felt like she, her mom to me in that moment came across like she was going on the defense instead of just listening to her daughter. Yeah. And she could have, like you said, she could have listened and said, I understand that was hard for you, but it was, I think it would have been nice to hear her mom say, it was hard for me to be away from you and know that you didn't have a set home, that some nights you were here and some nights you were there because I was choosing to be a resident, but know that those sacrifices were tough and I know they were hard on you. They were hard on me, but I made them so that you could have a better life, but that was never set. She just kind of sat there and said, we have a difference of opinions and left it at that. Yeah. I didn't like the way she handled it I was not a fan of that I was though a huge huge fan of Dr. the way Dr. Brian talked to Kelly Dodd particularly about the whole train situation and then about Jolie I thought that was really good advice when he was saying just focus on her don't worry about the other women like he knew she didn't have a train ran you know with eight men and I don't know I was kind of sad after watching that scene to see that they broke up even though a lot of it was also about rings and carrots and fake artificial things I think he just gave her really good advice he seems like a solid stable sensible man maybe that's why they're not together (laughs) (laughs) probably she seems to love love she does 
that Kelly. Like, she's hot and heavy with her new boyfriend. She, I think she loves quickly. Yes. It goes That's really probably fast. Better, right? And I think and then when you're one of those people I have seen with other friends, the, the ones who dive in so quickly and three months in are like, I found the one, they just as quickly fall out. So it's really hard sometimes from someone overseeing it because you watch them say, I love this person. It's so different from who I dated before. And here's why they're so perfect. But you already know, like you're, you're three months in and you're trying to plan a wedding and talk about a seven carat ring. You need to take a step back. This probably is not going to, it's not going to work out. Nope. Not going to work out. I, the end of the episode was Gina, you and I keep talking about how awful it is to watch Gina and this end of the episode didn't make it any better. It was really, it was really, really hard. So because so many lawyers were reaching out, I did ask a few of them, what's your take on Gina's first lawyer? So Gina was told that her lawyer had filed a continuance that she did not have to go and appear in court and neither did her lawyer uh, for the initial court hearing. And that happens a lot. I had, like, I've heard from numerous people, whether it's from a speeding ticket to a DWI to, I mean, I know like custody things are always getting pushed back and continuances are made. And so I could see where Gina thought my lawyer said, I don't have to be there. I'm not going to go. She went and got a pedicure and the lawyer submitted for it, but the judge never approved it. So there was a warrant out for Gina's arrest because she didn't show up. A lot of lawyers said that they think it probably was edited or filmed a certain way, that there would be very few lawyers that would not at the very least check up that day and be like, oh, this wasn't approved and send an associate or send somebody there to say to the judge, we need more time. So mm. I thought it was interesting, but I thought at first I was really, really annoyed watching Shannon FaceTime Tamara about it. Cause I just thought, why are you guys always talking about her, like her problems like this? But it did seem like Shannon really cared and was trying to help too. It seemed to me, I just felt like they were stirring the pot and granted, I know it's reality TV and that's what all these women are doing in some ways, but it just seemed like, why are you knocking somebody who's already down further? She's has a lot of problems right now. She does. But then didn't, I don't know. I felt like it was sincere when she called Gina and said, have you talked to my friend who's a lawyer? Please call him right now. Like You need to talk to him before tomorrow. We need to get this figured out. You're going to be okay. It's not your fault. I thought that was really sweet. And then later towards the very end of the episode, it's Shannon and Gina talking about how they're going to find love again. And that's true. It did. It did seem genuine. I'll give you that. But I felt like Shannon was like, Oh, let me FaceTime her and get the real tea. And I think she was caught off guard by how upset she was. And then was very bad. She she was nice. Yeah, she was nice. I just felt like, I mean, I've been, you know, well, let's I think be it's real odd here. To I've had those moments like that where you're like, oh, my God, something's crazy happening with a friend. And then you're like, oh, wait, let me just call him and talk to them. And you don't realize how bad it is. I've, yeah, yeah. I've definitely had that. Or there's always that awkward thing with some people. Everyone handles stress and different life events differently. So some people yeah. want you to call them and text them other, like all the time and talk to them about it. Some people want you to pretend like the event never happened. And it's really hard to know because everyone is so different. I just thought it was really odd that she FaceTimed Gina. I don't know. Would you have, like, if it were me, I don't think you would have FaceTimed me. I think you might have called me and just said, are you okay? I would have called you. I feel like there's people who FaceTime all the time. Like, I FaceTime when I'm drunk. So you do that when you're drunk. I love it. I do that when I'm drunk. But outside of that, I don't. But I do know some people who FaceTime regularly. Like, that's, like, part of their everyday. I don't don't know know if I would like that. But I also feel like FaceTime's so hard because 
the angle in which you kind of want to hold it if you're just talking to someone is like you hold it down as you would. Yeah. And then you look like you have five chins. And I just want to, <laughs> I mean, we all, you all, like everyone has had that moment where you turn your phone on and you don't realize it was last on the camera and you're looking down and you look yeah. like you have 20,000 chins. It's horrible. It, it's awful. I feel like Apple should have a sensor for that. It's a very We're, jarring moment. But... A sensor that like kind of lights, your phone lights up. It's like chin, chin. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like not to be too graphic for some people, but after you have a kid and you take a shower and you like walk by a mirror, you're like, ew, who is that person? And, oh, that's me. That is what I look like right now, two days after having a baby. I thought you were going to go with a vagina reference, so I was mentally prepared myself um, for that too. <laughs> I don't know. I never looked down there, so I couldn't. <laughs> I didn't either. Honestly, I actually know that we're, <laughs> now that we're talking about this. <laughs> Things that people were definitely not dying to know. But uh, that is really OC in a nutshell. I can't figure out the direction in which this season is going to go. I'm still trying to figure out. Clearly, there's going to be some sort of feud between Kelly Dodd and Shannon and Tamara. And we know that. And Tamara and Kelly are fighting hardcore in a Twitter war. But Brandy's somehow, I mean, there's all, all the housewives are f- fighting right now. It's kind of crazy. Oh, my God. So much fighting. Brandy's thirsty. She's trying to get on a show. Yeah. Whether it be OC or Beverly Hills. But you're right. I can't hardly keep up with their Twitter fight. I feel like it's something new every day. Yeah. I don't know. So, I mean, just buckle up. OC is going to be inter- interesting. But one, one season that or show that I can, just can't wait to continue watching is Dallas. We finally got on board. So this time, I wouldn't say this time last year, but last season of Dallas, we, we didn't watch, we didn't cover it. And everybody was asking us to start considering Dallas, that we would love it. And for a first episode, usually these are kind of like sleeper episodes for the first one. I loved it. I thought it was really, really fun. Abby and I have not watched any season of Dallas. So this is truly our first impression. And I thought there was so much good stuff in there. I kind of now I'm curious and I don't want to watch all the seasons because I don't want to binge that much (laughs) women yelling at each other, if I'm being honest, but I would love like a consolidated, like, here's everything that's happened. So I I read some of the like Wikipedia episodes after. Uh, Ah, and because I kind of wanted to figure out where some of this feud was starting from. So there are so many random things that happened let me just back everyone up so if you just joined dallas because you've heard everyone talk about it like we did uh leanne used to throw out some rumors about carrie duber's husband so you hear the other carrie talk about it because she's close with carrie duber um the latina carrie who i love love her so leanne once said that carrie duber who's not on the show anymore that her husband got his dick sucked at a place called the roundup and that she knew the boys who said they did it. And she wow. spread that around town and that was not true. And it's, it just is kind of weird. I feel like uh, from what I read and synopsis of the episodes, it did seem like by the end of it, Carrie Duber and Leanne were okay. Then Deandra last season spent a ton of time, telling everyone that Leanne is probably never going to get married and that I think something about this isn't 
for her for Leanne's husband, this is like his third or fourth marriage. I I need to double check that. Um, but like he's never around. That everyone knows he's cheating, and the reason why they're probably never going to actually get married is because it's not going to work out. Very much reminiscent of sort of a, a Luann and Tom situation. Yep. So then on top of that, so you look at Brandy and Stephanie are kind of like BFFs, but there was a moment when they weren't talking at all. And Brandy got really close with Deandra and Steph got really close with Cameron and Leanne and Carrie Duber. So, Mm. um, but they're good now. So let's kind of like a roundup of some of the drama, but it seems like of all of that, the drama that's really sticking is between Leanne and Deandra. I will say I kind of can see, I give Deandra props for trying to have a clean slate and make things clean and kind of addressing it and having the front intervention that they had towards the yeah. end of the episode. <laughs> so weird. It was really weird. <laughs> it was really, really weird. I like that she was calling it a party. Like I'm having this party if you're in town. And I'm like, this is not a party. <laughs> I love that her husband said, give him some, what do you say? Like Xanax and wine and let him just figure it out. Yeah. No, her husband was really funny, but I could see from Leanne's angle, given the fact that, it would seem very calculating and it is again a reality tv show you haven't reached out to me since filming since they filmed the reunion so why do why would i feel that you're being genuine yeah i kind of get both sides however i do think leanne was being a little too hard on deandra yes and i need to back up and say leanne was telling everyone that deandra only had like two hundred dollars in her bank account and one thing we do know about i mean deandra is really her mom still calls a lot of the shots in her life because of this trust and that really Deandra does not have any money outside of the trust is from what I can tell the trust in the company would not. I'm so glad I don't have to make any decisions based on a trust. Yeah. How stressful, right? I mean, I've always, you know, you hear the phrase, mo money, mo problems. Uh, I never believed it until this episode. I, I mean, sometimes it's good to just be, I don't want to say poor, but to just not be <laughs> living a housewife life. Because if I can make my own decisions and not have to worry about asking my mom for permission on things, um, I think I'd be much happier. To have well, a and less. telling your mom, like having a tough conversation with mom and D and, and basically telling her like, hey, can you stop giving yourself a salary? Which she's using on, what was she using on a maid? Yeah. She was like, you like, know what that goes frivolous to? Yeah. And then she was saying she didn't really even need it. Which was kind of exactly. weird. So I was like, why did you ask for it to begin with? I guess to prove a point. Mama D is kind of scary. You made scary. a really good comparison, though. You and I were either texting or G-chatting. I can't remember. You said that Mama D and Deb are like polar opposites. And it's really true. They're polar opposites, but they're like kind the of same. similar. Yeah. It's the same. I think they're complete. They're polar opposites but they have the same thing where they probably sacrifice a lot for their family to get to where they're at. And they just, with their child, with their children, and the way they speak to them, the way that Deb spoke to Bronwyn and that Mama D spoke to Deandra, there was like lack of compassion. It's very dismissive. Yeah. It's, dismissive. it's very dismissive. Yeah. Very dismissive. I completely agree. I also can't get over the fact how much Mama D reminds me of Tammy Faye Baker, the evangelist. Oh yes. Wife. Yes. Just throwing that I mean, out there. No. And then someone no, said, you know, Dr. Deb looks a lot like Betsy Johnson. And we did a side-by-side and posted that. And a lot of people were saying that they saw, thought the same thing. So, I don't know. Maybe it's, if you know. got a doppelganger, you might be some trouble. 
Yes, yes. But it was just interesting. I'm not envious of the trust thing and even the business. I'm curious to see where that goes from the sounds of it. Doesn't like it look like sound like it's going to survive. No, I mean, she said they had three months to go. And if she could stop paying her mom $60,000 that they could make it a little bit longer. I mean, if you have three months to your bankrupt and $60,000 is going to save you, you must not have a very profitable business. That seems kind of weird. That's $60,000. I don't know. No, I agree with you. It's there's a lot, a lot of red flags. What was your take on Brandy? Her daughters cracked me up. Uh, they're hilarious. They seem like they're definitely a handful. I love that her son's adopted. So I did some more research there too. And so her little boys, they adopted him because they had had, um, I don't know if it was a couple miscarriages or just one really bad one. Uh, but I just love that her family, I don't know. I feel like they're a real American family, uh, for lack of a better word. Just the fact that the girls are really tough on her mom, on their mom. They called her a loser. And then they were doing the orange (laughs) makeup and, I love that Brandy, you know, acts like she's upset, but then in her interview said, I mean, was I that mean to my mom? Yeah, I was. I was. I was totally that mean to my mom. So it's, I mean, I think it's just one of those things that's teenage girls and their mothers. Yeah. And we saw that with Carrie too, the new housewife who I love. And I know you like her too. I love one that we're getting some more culture on our housewife. (laughs) So I love that. But her daughter wanting to be out late and had no desire to hang out with her mom it makes me sad I really hope Mia doesn't do that to me someday but I'm sure she will I mean I think that's what I kept like thinking about boomerang it's like they they get to this point where they're like want to be so far away from you and want nothing to do with you and then they come back I know so many of my friends that have very close relationships with their moms and like hang out with them so that could be you and Mia yeah there's hope there is hope but I felt like that was was there anything else on Dallas that we missed that was pretty much it. I'm really excited to see Leanne's wedding, though. The fact that the, her wedding planner farts glitter. That's got to be the epitome of a Dallas wedding. Well, he, I mean, I want to do, we should do a poll on which wedding planner people like more. Oh. Kevin Lee from Beverly Hills. Yeah. Or oh. this guy. Our Dallas man. I don't even know what his name I was. I don't know his name, but they have similar looks. I feel like they have hair that, like, that they roll brush out. It's a little, like, <laughs> I know what you're you know saying. what I mean. Yeah. You know what I mean. There's yeah. a little bounce. Yeah, they're not bangs. They're like man bangs. I know what you're saying. They use <laughs> they use product for sure. Yes, they absolutely <laughs> use product. Well, this um, brings us to the point of our episode where we give a shout out to it can be either uh, one of our favorite Bravo people, it can be a listener, it can be a friend, it can be each other. And this week with the we're hopefully, I mean, we know the return of New Jersey is coming. They would never not bring Jer- New Jersey back. But there are a lot of rumors that this uh, New Jersey trailer is going to drop soon and it is going to be amazing. So with that, we would like to give our shout out this week to Marge. And we have loved Marge from the beginning. We covered, really, Jersey was when we kicked off our podcast when New Jersey premiered last year. And I would say Marge has been one of the most supportive, most engaging, responsive housewives. She's up there as like one of the tops. Absolutely. She is, she's so great. She is exactly what you would expect her to be in your communications, how she responds to you. She's super nice. And we love her husband. Her husband yes. has been a su- huge supporter mom. of us since day one. Yep. 
the family. We love them all, but they've been awesome and they're really great. And it's always nice to see people who take time to chat with fans like us. It really, it makes, it really makes our day and we love it. And another thing that makes our day and that we've been getting, I'd say like a really good like week. We've had a lot of reviews coming in, uh, like five-star ratings, but people actually leaving a review on what they like about the podcast. And just thank you so much for doing that. If you haven't already, please do so. I know it sounds like we're always begging you to do this, but it really does help um, as we try to grow our podcast and reach more people. And if you're not already listening to uh, or following us on Instagram, please do so, especially if you love to know everything happening with Bravo, whether it's a season that's being filmed, not yet filming, drama happening off camera, we cover it. Sometimes we waste an entire day covering it and uh, you don't want to miss out. And, and hot mom fall. Oh yes. We hot mom fall is trending. You guys, uh, we will be using the hashtag. I mean, till we feel like falls over. That's a big debate for some people. Uh, but if you're out there and you're a mom and you're having a drink or you're going shopping or you're just doing whatever <laughs> hashtag hot mom fall hot, hot girl summer's over. It's time for us moms to take, take the crown that we so rightfully deserve. And so please tag hot mom fall tag us in it. We'd love to see what you're doing. And we will catch you next week. Hi, I'm Allie Raisman. I've been living with migraine for a while. As an athlete and gymnast, I was taught to just power through the pain. Now I use Ubrelvi or Ubrojapan to treat my migraine attacks. As soon as I feel a migraine attack, I take Ubrelvi, which provides me with quick relief. Once I get relief, I go on with my day. I'm partnering with Ubrelvi to share my migraine story. Ubrelvi quickly stops migraine in its tracks within two hours without worrying where you are. Most people had quick pain relief within two hours. Ubrelvi treats migraine attacks in adults and is not for prevention. It's available by prescription only. Do not take Ubrelvi with strong CYP3A4 inhibitors. Tell your healthcare provider about all the medicines you take. Most common side effects are nausea and tiredness. My hope is that by sharing my migraine story and the relief I get from Ubrelvi, it can help someone else. Ask your doctor about Ubrel-V, the anytime, anywhere migraine medicine. Learn more at ubrelv.com or call 844-4-U-B-R-E-L-V-Y. Sponsored by AbbVie.